that Ruth is coming up. Uh, I want to just uh, let you know that we do not plan what people are going to speak on for these word teams. We just uh, say to people, just pray to God and ask him uh, what, out of all the, the scripture you've been reading, what he's giving you to bring to us. And um, so when we come together to hear these, um, it's amazing that God has been working and bringing a theme out of it. So if you can hear a theme today, and I don't want to give away what Ruth's going to say, but if you can give it, hear a theme, it's not one that's been planned. And it's not one that's random, not by us, yes. Uh, and uh, it must be the one that God feels that we as a church need. And so I just want you to reflect on that as you hear the third of our speakers today. And uh, God bless you, Ruth. Thanks, Andrew. So yeah, um, for anyone who, who doesn't know me, my name is Ruth. Um, I've been a member of New Life for about um, seven years now, maybe a little less, six and a half. Um, so you'll see me around, and I sometimes am singing up the front. Um, but um, just like Jeanine, I also want to start with a question um, to you guys. Um, do you ever feel like God can't work through you because you've messed up again? Do you ask how God can possibly work through you when you let him down all the time? Um, these are common questions for me. <laughs> I, um, I often have these kind of, these doubts come up, like when I'm looking at my life and my situation. And in one particular area of my life where this crops up a lot is in my work. So um, I've been on a, on a journey over the last few years, really grappling with God, what do you want me to be doing with my life? Like, what's my, what's my calling? How can I be working in a way that you've gifted me and that can actually bless the world in a good way? And in the last couple of years, I really felt that I've had some clear guidance from God that he wants me to be an artist and to create art. So I'm trained in making fabric and I, I'm a weaver. And so I've begun making these woven pieces of artwork in the last couple of years and this is like very exciting to me I love it um, but it's also this calling to make art is also uh, it's also difficult because I feel like I keep getting in the way of being able to do that really well <laughs> um, and so even though there's aspects of the art that I know I can do and that I'm gifted at there's other related skills like planning and organization and time management and discipline that I really personally struggle with and that get in the way of me doing the art properly and so these are the things that come up for me that when I'm asking like God how can I possibly like make this meaningful stuff that I feel you're calling me to do when I'm so flawed and my weaknesses just keep getting in the way so um, earlier this year I was really encouraged by um, some just a few small verses um, of scripture that seem to really speak directly to some of these questions that I've been having. Um, and it's part of Peter's story. Um, and so Peter is one of the, was one of the 12 disciples that was um, spending all the time with Jesus when he was on earth. And um, if you've been around church for any period of time, I feel like Peter, <laughs> he's kind of like our poster boy for like, for being rash, for putting his foot in it, for making mistakes, um, because we have a few of those recorded in Scripture as part of his story. But he has a really, um, he has a really amazing story. Um, he starts out as this humble fisherman, possibly, probably uneducated, 
Um, and he has a very dramatic first encounter with Jesus where Jesus does this incredible miracle that's like directly into a need that he had. He came, came in from fishing all night and he hadn't caught anything and Jesus miraculously caused him and his brothers to like catch too many fish. They couldn't even handle it. Um, and so from that very dramatic first meeting with Jesus, he was like all in and he has passion in spades. He's so, um, so zealous for Jesus, um, really from that point. Um, and through, through those like three years that he spends with Jesus, Jesus gives him this incredible calling that um, one day he was going to be um, the rock on which the church was going to be built. So Jesus is saying, look, you're going to be instrumental in my mission and my ministry going forward into the world and other people finding out about me, you're going to be a huge player in that. Um, so that's pretty amazing to be given that commission by Jesus. Um, and Peter was also, he was, he, like I said, he had that passion. He was really vocal um, in expressing like, Jesus, I'm going to be faithful to you. Like he was the, what some, often like the first disciple to speak up with those kind of, um, that kind of loyalty. Um, and yet, Famously, um, on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested um, and like put on trial um, and put to death, um, Peter denied three times to three different people that he even knew Jesus at all. Um, and so he has this like incredible failure and he's absolutely devastated um, by this happening. Then after Jesus is raised from the dead, um, we get a really amazing... Um, like a beautiful redemption of those three failures where Jesus gives Peter the opportunity three times to say to Jesus, I love you <laughs> instead of, I don't know you. Um, and so that's, and in that encounter, Jesus refreshes that commission. And he says, look, I still want you to, he, he, the phrase he uses is like, feed my sheep. Um, he still wants Peter to do that job. And so Peter's story as a whole is one that really shows us that, that God, God wants to use people who are flawed and who are broken. Um, and I've, so I've known Peter's sort of story arc for some time, um, but it was just reading a part of his story this year. There was a small piece that just like, it just brought home to me a part of the nature of God um, and how, um, just how much God wants to use broken people. <laughs> so in a sense, I've told you what I'm talking about, but I'm just going to dive into a little bit more detail. Um, so the passage that I'm really like zoning in on today is in Luke 22. So starting at verse 31. And just for context, this is, um, is part of the Last Supper. So Jesus is having this final meal with his closest friends before he knew he was going to go to die. Um, and so as part of the dinner conversation, he turns to Peter, who was also called Simon, um, and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. So as I, I mean, even I just mentioned this in the kind of the arc of Peter's story, this is a really famous um, moment um, in Jesus' life and famous words of Jesus that he kind of warned Peter what was going to happen. Um, but just like, if we just pause a moment, why did this conversation 
have to happen? Why did Jesus raise this with Peter? Because, I mean, he knew what was going to happen, clearly. Um, He knew that Peter was going to fail in just a few hours' time. And so I think there's a sense that Jesus wanted to prepare um, Peter for what was to come so that he wouldn't be totally destroyed by it. Um, Because, I mean, it says later on that, like, he is really devastated, (laughs) Um, but I think that as I thought about this, I wonder if like some of the subtext of the conversation could be read a little bit like this. So if you imagine, it's like Jesus is saying, I'm praying for you, Peter, because you really need my help right now. And Peter's like, what? No way. Like, I'm stronger than you think. I've got this under control. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and Jesus is like, no, Peter, you're, you're not going to have a good night tonight. Um, I see you as you are right now. And it's not as you wish you could be. <laughs> and so we see a little bit here of what Peter's problem was, was that his passion was there, but he was really intent on proving his loyalty to Jesus in, in a very self-sufficient way. Like literally like the Lord is saying, I'm praying for you and I'm like seeking God for you. And he's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm go- I've got it in, under control. And so it's not like Jesus was trying to rub in Peter's weakness at all here, um, but he was trying to prepare him for the fact that like, he's actually, he wasn't as strong as he thought he was, um, and that there was actually still hope for him, even though he was weaker than he thought he was. And so it's like Jesus saw Peter's weaknesses even more clearly than Peter saw them himself. But the thing that like really struck me and blew my mind when I read this earlier this year was just... just a short sentence that Jesus says right in the middle Um, and to me this was just incredible because it's like sorry I'll just read it so he says um, after he says I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail he then says and when you have turned back strengthen your brothers and so it's like in virtually the same breath as saying to Peter you're weak you're gonna mess up I need you to know that you you can't do this on your own. He's saying, I still want you to do the job that I've called you to do. Um, and it's like, he, he just really, really wants Peter to know, look, this evening is not going to go how you want it to go. <laughs> You're not going to behave the way that you want to behave. But what's about to happen does not disqualify you from serving in my kingdom. And it it doesn't disqualify from you from doing the job that I've called you to do and that I've prepared you to do. And for me, really, like, the, the groundbreaking thing was the timing of this thing. It's just like, Peter hasn't failed yet, but he's about to, and it's going to be pretty devastating. And it's in the same, like, the same breath that Jesus is saying, you're weak, but I still want you to work for me. Um, that was the thing that was really groundbreaking for me because let's like let's just think about what didn't happen here like Jesus could have said when when Peter said Lord I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death um, Jesus could have said are you kidding you're barely going to make it through a few conversations this evening (laughs) like you're just deluded to think that you you can make it that far with me Um, he could have condemned Peter he could have um, given him a probation period um, be like well, like one day you're going to be able to do that, but like right now you need to just take a step back because you've made too. Many, you're going to make a huge mistake today. Um, and he could have retracted the calling completely and said, "You know what? You don't have what it takes. Um, you, you're going to make too many mistakes. 
I need someone a bit better than you. But he didn't do any of that. He actually renewed the calling that Peter has. Um, and it's also like, he also tells Peter to strengthen your brothers, i.e. to be a leader and encourage those around you in the moment when probably he would feel the least like doing that. He would feel the least like a leader because the weight of his mistake would probably be, have been so heavy on his shoulders. But Jesus is saying, look, I want you to still do that. I want, I want you to, um, to do that work even when you don't feel in yourself that you have what it takes. So Jesus wasn't waiting for Peter to reach a certain level of competency um, or perfection before he was allowed to serve um, and before he was allowed to do the work that Jesus was calling him. And so later on in the passage, um, we, we read the, the combination of this. We read it happening. Um, and so this is like, this is Peter denying Jesus for the third time. So he says, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. And I'd always wondered why it was an important detail to include that the Lord looked at Peter in this moment um, and why Jesus did that. And I think whenever I'd read it before, I, I'd always felt that there was some kind of like, mm, I told you so <laughs> kind of tone to it. But um, I think really like from thinking this through this year, it's like Jesus is saying like, remember what I said, Peter, I told you this would happen. And I also told you I'm praying for you. I also told you um, to turn back to me. I also told you strengthen your brothers. Remember what I told you. And it was the only way that Jesus could do it because he couldn't speak to Peter. So he could just look at him. But he was just so desperate for Peter to, to remember how Jesus had prepared him because he wanted G Peter to come back to him. Um, and so just like Peter, with all his flaws, Jesus was accepting him and still wanting him to do the work that he was called to do. It's the same for us. So if you don't feel perfect today, that's okay. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. He isn't waiting for you to reach a certain level of expertise or competency before he wants to use you wherever you are. Um, and even in, um, in 1 Corinthians, it says that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the, to shame the wise um, and the weak things of the world to shame the strong. This is actually like how God works. Um, this is how he loves to move and how he loves to achieve his purposes in the world. And so if you know Jesus today and if you want to follow him, then this is absolutely true for you. There is nothing that can disqualify you from serving God. Not addiction, not fear or anxiety, not fear and depression, failure, recurring sin, mistakes, not suffering or pain or disability of any kind. There is nothing that disqualifies you from being a servant in the kingdom of God. Now, the only thing I would just add as a caveat to this is that we see that Peter isn't really let off the hook totally. It's not like Jesus is like, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. We'll just sweep it aside. Like, it was a serious mistake. 
But all that Jesus required of him was that, um, that Peter turned back. Um, and there's an assumption, I think, in when it says, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. There's a sort of, um, I, f- I feel like a, the turning back is a prerequisite to the strengthening of the brothers in a way. So what, do, what did Jesus mean when he said, turn back? Um, and really in the simplest terms, I think all it was, it was just repentance. The word repentance actually means if you go back to the root, turn away or turn back. <laughs> so it's this idea that you're like, you're, you're on the road, you're going in the right direction, you veered off um, and oh, oops, need to come back again. You need to turn back. Um, and that's all that Jesus was asking for, for Peter. And really this is, um, repentance feels like a very formal term. Um, we can throw it around as Christians all the time. But all it is, is just, it's the decision to turn away from whatever we've fallen into, um, whatever is, is like distracting us from Jesus, and to trust him again, to come back to Jesus. It's a, it's a completely relational thing. Um, and it, we see this in what Jesus said to prepare Peter. He's like, I'm praying for you that your faith may not fail. Um, and what was Peter's faith grounded on? It was the person of Jesus. So Jesus was saying, like, Peter, you need to turn back to your Messiah. You've already recognized that I'm your Messiah, so come back to me. And so again, it's the same for us, that all we need to do whenever we mess up, whenever we feel overwhelmed by our brokenness, by our failure, by anything that is like feels like it's limiting us from doing the work God is calling us to do, is just to come back to the, our Messiah and come back to his cross. Um, and really, like, isn't the cross the most messed up, broken thing <laughs> ever? Um, it was the most weak of places. Like, Jesus, in, in human terms, people looked on and thought his ministry was a disaster at the time because he was this great figure and he was dying naked, in shame, jeered at, dying as a criminal um but in that moment in the moment of jesus like most his most broken place that was where he won the greatest victory we can ever imagine (laughs) over sin and death completely um and so (laughs) even jesus shows us this that it is through brokenness that God works his purpose and he can achieve incredible victory. So for me, I still struggle with those questions that I started with. I still have those doubts sometimes like, God, how can you even use me? But what I've been talking about, this truth has encouraged me so much that it, it it keeps me going because when I am faced with my mistakes and my recurring struggles, um, I'm like, okay, God can use me even now. And God loves to use people like me. And he's not waiting for me to get it perfectly right before I, I can be used by him. And um, just as a kind of testimony to this, um, I've actually brought some of my artwork today to show you. Because um, I really, having been able to finish a series of work, um, I know that there's no way that I could have done that without Jesus because I had so many points in the process where I wanted to give up because I thought it was rubbish, because I thought like I was too messed up to complete the work, all these things. Um, and so 
there's a few pieces up in the cafeteria you can have a peek at afterwards. But it's really, it's really just there to, to give glory to God that this is true and that broken people can do beautiful things um, for the glory of God. So just by way of summary of Peter's story, in the moment of his greatest failure, Peter was not disqualified from doing the work he was called to do. Jesus was invested in his recovery from shame and despair, but didn't wait for him to be perfect to use him. And Jesus valued his relationship with Peter more than a perfect track record. And then for us, these are just little points to take away. God doesn't wait for you to be perfect to use you. He will use you as you are, wherever you are. In our moments of brokenness, Jesus is always inviting us to turn back to him. It was in Jesus' brokenness that he achieved the greatest victory the world has ever seen. And this is a really key point, this last one, that it's actually, it's integral to God's nature that is, is his desire and his ability to transform what is broken into something that's far more beautiful and powerful than we can imagine. Um, and so if you ever doubt that you or a situation you're in or a situation you observe in the world is too far gone, is too broken. It's actually in the nature of God that he wants to move in those places and bring life out and light out of darkness. Um, that's all I have. So thank you so much for listening. So before we respond in song to that, I'm going to ask Andy to come up, and uh, we're just going to uh, reflect for a moment on how these messages fit together. And I just want to to thank each of our uh, Word team members for just the, the vulnerability they have of bringing things from their lives this uh, this morning. So Andy, would you like to share with us? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. And yeah, thanks to Ruth and Janine for being my co-speakers today. Those those stories on their own are both really powerful. And then it was it was great to see you each highlight an important aspect of that. And I was thinking about what Ruth was was speaking about and the way that like Jesus is like three steps ahead of Peter. He sees how Peter's going to fail. He sees how Peter's going to come back from that, and he sees how there's going to be more. Peter's going to strengthen his brothers. Um, yeah, and I think that that sense of God being able to see ahead in our story, like I see, I see elements of that in each of the stories each of us spoke today. I see 14-year-old Andy, how God saw the way he was struggling, um, the way I was struggling, the way that God would get me through that, and then the more that would come. Uh, and similar with Janine's story, the, the, the workplace situation and the things that weren't going the way they should be, and seeing how God would get Janine through that, and then there would be more. And then God, speaking into Ruth, the insecurities that come with being an artist, and, you know, knowing that God's going to get you through that, and then there's going to be more. Um, yeah, and I think that 
that can apply to any of us here. There's things that we're all struggling with, and God sees that, but he can get, get us through that, and then there's, there's more. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's, that's a theme I, I saw through today. So just, I didn't give you notice I was going to ask this, but very briefly, could you just pray for anybody? Yeah, sure thing. God, we see throughout Scripture how deeply you care about broken people. Um, yeah, and it's a very relatable thing. We all struggle with something or another. And I pray for people today who are struggling with something very specific, uh, very real. Uh, it's difficult. And yeah, God, I pray you would speak to each of us in, in those situations. Um, yeah, give us the words we need to hear. Uh, give us the experiences we need to experience. Give us the, the, the people we need in our, our lives. Lord, I pray you would provide for us in, in the, per- the perfect ways through, through that. And I pray that you would not only get us through the experience, but you would redeem it into something healing and powerful. Amen.